Welcome back to the With Ross podcast. Today, a recap of my recent five-day excursion to Mexico City. And I'll start by saying this. I loved it. I love Mexico City. It might be my favorite city I've ever traveled to. I've been to a lot of the big cities in Asia, Seoul, Tokyo, Kathmandu, Bangkok. I've been to almost all 50 states and the major cities in those states. I've been to other places in Central America. So I don't say this lightly, but Mexico City is amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's a weird one too, because at least for me, in the circles I, I run in, I hadn't heard a lot about Mexico City. Despite it being the fifth largest city in the world and super accessible from North America, I'll talk about that later, how easy it is to get into, into and out of Mexico City. Yeah, the fifth largest city in the world, you don't hear about it in the same way that you hear about New York, London, Paris, Los Angeles, Tokyo, Seoul. You know, those are, those are culturally such important cities, but I think Mexico City is in that category, if not, if not more important than those cities. It's got amazing food. It's got perfect weather. I mean, probably you, you really can't beat the weather of Mexico City. It's on par with San Diego, you know, that 365 days of, of temperate weather. It's affordable. It's very cheap to get around. It's convenient, it's quiet, it's vibrant, it's lively. It's just, I can't say enough good things about it. I'll talk a little bit about the history of Mexico City, tell you a little bit about the population, the area that it's in, and just some of those, those more like facts and figures. And then I'll talk about my trip, things that I recommend doing, and uh, how you can get around in the city, how you can get to the city to begin with. As I mentioned, Mexico City is the fifth largest city in the world by population. It has 9.3 million people, and the metro area has 21.5 million people. So that's bigger than New York, bigger than Toronto, big, biggest city in North America. Mexico City's real name in Spanish is Ciudad de Mexico, which you'll often see abbreviated as CDMX. It's located in central Mexico, in an area called the Valley of Mexico. It's considered a high central plateau, and the city is actually at an altitude, an average altitude of 7,350 feet. So it's definitely in the mountains, and you'll feel the altitude if you're coming from a sea level as I was. And people unfamiliar with the climate of Mexico City, you might think that it's, it's really hot because it's Mexico. Most people think of the beaches and the Caribbean style climate, but again, being at, at its specific latitude and altitude, the average annual temperature varies from 54 to 61 degrees Fahrenheit. When I was there, it was like high 50s at night, low 60s, and then got up to like mid 70s, just absolutely perfect, sunny and clear during the day. And it's like that, from my understanding, 365 days out of the year. It's the capital of Mexico as well as, obviously, the largest city. The city is split into 16 boroughs, also known as colonias. And one thing that's really surprising about the city, for such a large city, is that it doesn't feel very dense. 
like I expected it to be on par with all those cities I've listed, those those class A cities that are just like packed with people. Tokyo, New York City, just everywhere you go, every every public transportation just packed with people. But it feels much smaller. The buildings are shorter. The traffic doesn't seem too bad. It's quiet, which I really appreciate. I mentioned that in my Monterey episode as well. People aren't just laying on their horns all the time. And there's not a lot of um, the city noises that you get in, in other mega cities. And there's a lot of trees, a lot of greenery. These, the streets have these medians down the middle, tree-lined medians. So they're very walkable, very bikeable. It's protected from traffic. And it's just really pedestrian friendly, which I love. I look for in a city. They've probably done a better job of that in Mexico City than, frankly, anywhere I've been, which is <laughs> hugely why I like it so much. It's a very old city. It was founded close to 700 years ago. March 13, 1325 is the date that they often celebrate as the founding of the city. And the interesting thing is the city was founded on an island in the Valley of Mexico, and it used to be in, in a lake called Lake Texcoco. That lake has completely vanished over time due to environmental changes and, and uh, development of the city as, as obviously the, the boundary of the city continues to expand, and that water that made up the lake has completely vanished over time. It was part of the Aztec Empire until the Spanish captured it in 1521, and because of that, a lot of the urban planning, the way the streets are, the way the architecture is, things like that is based off of Spanish systems. So the city has a, a very European look and feel to it. Being that it's such a major hub in North America, it's, you can get direct flights from almost every major airport from Seattle, Toronto, New York City. Everything has nonstop flights for fairly inexpensive into Mexico City. From here in Texas, super easy. It's like 130 bucks round trip, two hour flight. Really, really easy to do on a weekend. You could fly out on a Friday night, fly back on a Sunday. When you arrive in Mexico, it's very easy with an American passport, as most of my audience probably has, to when you arrive, you get the FMM, which is grants you up to 180 days stay in Mexico. Just fill out a, a paperwork, the fee is included in your airfare, so that's all very easy. You don't have to arrange a visa beforehand. Upon arrival, you can, of course, use a local taxi. You can use Uber, just like you would anywhere in the country at this point, or anywhere in the, the world at this point. But I recommend there's an app called Didi, which is like a Chinese version of Uber, made in China app, Chinese company, um, spelled D-I-D-I. And it's basically looks exactly the same as Uber. The only difference is instead of using a credit card to pay, you use cash at the end of the ride. And uh, the, the main reason I recommend it is it's about half the price of Uber. So nothing wrong with Uber. I still love using Uber and, and we did a few times, but DD is a great option. There's also an app called Beat, which is like a little bit higher end. And it's the same thing as DD where you pay cash but they have nicer cars, like they have Teslas. So we actually did that a few times just for fun. And it's, it's like anywhere from, so the exchange rate is $1 equals 20 pesos. So all of our rides around town were like 50 to 150 pesos, which is like 
two and a half dollars to like eight dollars maximum for our very longest trip, which was from the airport to where we were staying in the west part of town. So not expensive at all to do that. And then public transportation, you're looking at like four to eight pesos for a bus ride. So 25 to 50 cents to get you anywhere in town. You can use Google Maps to get around. It's basically like using it in the US. Actually, one thing I found very interesting is the Mexicans seem to use Google Maps a lot because certain landmarks or certain restaurants would have hundreds of thousands of reviews. Like Zacalo Plaza, this, the major plaza in Mexico City, had like close to a million reviews, which I've never seen before. So they use it a lot. It's very accurate. And what I will say, the reason I mention all this is because the public transportation, as inexpensive and as good as it is, there it's not super intuitive. So you have to supplement it with Google Maps, in my experience. The Metro, for example, there's not a lot of signs. The signs that they have aren't in English, which, you know, a lot of countries they'll have the local language and English, which makes it easy for, for tourists. Um, unfortunately, I don't speak Spanish yet, so that was a little bit of a challenge. But the buses, using Google Maps, no problem. Oh, another thing was, there's not bus stops. So Google Maps will tell you, like, the point where you need to get picked up on the street, but you're kind of looking around like, is this where the bus stops? Like, there's no bench, there's no, no sign indicating that it's a bus stop, but um, they do, in fact, come to those points. So it's kind of a thing where you have to be a local to know how to use the public transportation really effectively. As for where to stay, most visitors and expats who are living in Mexico City, they'll choose one of three neighborhoods. There's Polanco, Roma, and Condesa. All three of these are in the western part of the city, and they're surrounding Chapultepec Park, which I'll talk about in a moment. It's one of the largest city parks in the world. But these three neighborhoods are where we spent a lot of our time, and they're what I've described. I mean, the the, the European-looking with the tree-lined medians, very walkable, very lots of bikes that you can rent, lots of people out and about, not a lot of traffic, and um, just beautiful area. So many restaurants, so much to do. Absolutely recommend any of those three places, Polanco, Roma, or Condesa. These three neighborhoods, they surround, like I said, Chapultepec Park, Chapultepec Park is one of the largest city parks in the world. I believe it's two or three times larger than Central Park in New York. And it's got, let me see here, it's got a zoo, ponds, seven museums, the Chapultepec Castle, and several other attractions. I think you could spend weeks just walking around Chapultepec Park. And we did spend a lot of our time doing that. Probably, probably half of our time was in Chapultepec Park or thereabouts. Now, the other thing that you can't talk about Mexico City without mentioning is the food. Incredible, incredible food everywhere. Just packed with taco trucks. There's these bikers that'll have a bike with a big basket full of food that they, they made, biking down the street, honking a little horn. You can wave them down and buy a taco for seven pesos, 10 pesos, just incredible, incredible street food. 
I, I won't even recommend places because I think you can pick anything in that city and you're going to be really happy with it. Depending on which estimate you look at, there's somewhere between 400,000 and 700,000 American expats living in Mexico City, which is a mind-blowing amount that's bigger than most American cities. And, uh, and of course, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of expats from other countries. But it's not obvious walking around. I, we, we didn't see as many expats as I expected. We did run into a few who we, we met and we asked them some questions about what it's like living there. And people seem to really be enjoying the lifestyle of Mexico City. So that about does it for this episode. Is Mexico City the perfect place? Of course not. It's got its issues, just like everywhere. But it's just about perfect. <laughs> I loved it. And I hope you get a chance to go. It's a really fun and special city. Thank you for listening. Bye.